Hey, everybody. Missed you guys last couple of weeks. Happy to be back. So, all right, tonight we have a great class. We're going to go deeper into Tikkun, and I'm going to give you some tools. How was it? Uh, is it a little, is it, is it okay, Lissel? No. I would love to hear what were your takeaways last two weeks with Daniel? What are some of the powerful concepts you guys learned? Do you remember? Yeah. One second. Let's give you the mic. There you go. Um, what stuck with me was how he was talking about when, like, somebody's um, arguing with one another. It's actually, like, your ego versus ego and how um, he asked us, like, who our biggest um, enemy was, and we said ourselves. And, like, then he brought up how it's actually, like, the opponent and, like, the ego. Beautiful. Beautiful. Very nice. Thank you. Who else? What other concepts did, uh, did you guys learn? Do you remember aha moments? What clicked for you? Yeah, you got something? Yeah. Well, I missed, yeah. I missed the last one, but the one before that I'd asked about like um, fate versus free will, and he explained it in a cool way of, you know, because I said if, if everything is always how it's supposed to be, right. then why do we need to make any effort to do anything, right, when something's hard? Yeah. Um, and he what, basically... What, Gave the analogy of like the movie theater, sitting in yep. the movie theater, and it's like you can't change the movie, but you can get up and walk out and go down a different. You can path. go to a different movie, and there's yeah. infinite movies. Yeah, beautiful. So that was cool. Beautiful. I love that. I love that. John, <coughs> here you go. Uh, what stuck out to me was how like the tycoon or like the underlying issues, and then all the things like the reactive behavior. Um, that we think are the issues that you, we try to correct the behavior, and we're looking at the behavior, but it really stems from like the underlying cause, which is the tikkun. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. You know, 20 years ago, uh, I, first, I gave my first Kabbalah one. I was 19 years old, <coughs> and that was the one Jamie was in. Uh, <clears throat> I, I asked for advice about teaching, like what is, I asked different mentors that I had then, what, what's the advice they had for me for teaching Kabbalah one? And so one of my mentors said that he heard from Rav Berg, who was like the main Kabbalist of our generation at the time. He said that when, when teaching a class, all you need to do is to get out of the way. That was, that was the advice that I got, to just get out of the way. And I didn't fully appreciate what that was until like many years later, <clears throat> because what does it mean to get out of the way? It means that in every interaction in life, we want that the light of the creator is the one that's coming through us and speaking through us and solving problems through us. We do not want our tikkun to be the force that is talking. Because if you really think about most of the relationships we have in life, our tikkun is having the relationship. Our abandonment issue is having the relationship. Our fear of losing control is having the relationship. Our fear of failure is having the relationship. So we're not, the soul's not actually making the decision. The light's not making the decision. It's the tikkun. And as a result, this is why people make so many mistakes. So why people get blinded by certain relationships or certain opportunities. Technically, we should wake up every day and just see miracles all day long. In fact, 
It says that we, we came from a place of no free will. Now we came to this physical world and we have free will. And we're trying to earn another state of no free will. That we are so connected to the light of the creator that you don't even have a choice anymore because you just feel the light all the time. Does that make sense? It's like, it's like right now many people feel like they have a choice. Like you feel the good and the bad. But we have to get to a place where you don't even have free will anymore. So for example, if someone told you, let's say you said you were upset with someone and then your friend said, you know what you should do? You should go buy a gun and shoot them now. Do you feel like this is a choice that you have to battle with? To go buy a gun and shoot them? No, you'd be like, that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I'm not going to go kill this person. It's that you, you have complete clarity over. There's nothing, there's not even an impulse to go buy a gun and shoot this person. So that's an area where we have fully corrected ourselves. However, if you look at you know, the, the body and soul of the person, it's a stick figure person. Okay? If you can't see, just drew a stick figure. There's different parts of our body, actually, that the tikkun is associated with. The eyes, the ears, the nose, the mouth, sexual organ, the heart, the, the, the stomach. There's tikkun involved, even our legs. When, when the feet... Have you, ever, have, you ever, have you ever engaged recently in reactive behavior and you were watching yourself do it and you knew it was reactive? Raise your hand. Or like you're saying something and you know clearly this is going to be reactive and you're watching yourself do it? So what's happening there is that the mouth, for example, is not corrected. The mouth is actually being controlled by the Satan, by the negative side. So you find yourself just complaining even though you don't want to complain. You find yourself saying something negative about someone even though you don't want to say it. Because the mouth is not fully corrected yet. The mouth isn't with the light. Once you work on the mouth becoming with the light, then it will be natural. You will only say positive things, and any inclination to say something negative won't even exist. Same with the eyes. Same with the heart. The heart has lust. The heart wants things that don't necessarily belong to your soul. How do you correct the heart? So all the tikkuns that we're working on eventually also correct all of our physical body as well, and then the physical body is just being guided by the light in this physical world. And that is heaven on earth. That is the greatest joy you can experience. What does tikkun want you to believe? Our tikkun wants us to believe in the concept of time. Tikkun creates time. What is time? If you really think about it, 99% of our day, we're doing two things. We are thinking about something that happened in the past, and we're either relishing in it, being nostalgic about it, or feeling bad about something we did. Or, what's the second one? We are just thinking about the future and we get anxious. We're getting anxious. We get worried. We get, or, or, I spoke to, I, I shared this before that I spoke to an addiction specialist and he said, a gambler is not enjoying the craps table. 
A gambler is enjoying the drive to Vegas. It's the anticipation of receiving energy that is the addiction of a gambler. So most people, how do they operate? They're excited about what they're going to get. I'm excited that I'm going to find someone that I love. I'm excited that I'm going to make money. I'm excited that I'm going to be famous. I'm excited that I'm going to achieve something in the future. Our tikkun is just living off of the constant anticipation of something I'm going to get. And what happens when we get it? There's a flash, it feels good, and then there's a depression. Always. Why is there a depression? Why is there a depression? Something you've been working on so hard, finally... You know, it's like you order a nice car or something and you're waiting for it. It feels great until you get the car. Or you're at a great restaurant. You're getting ready. It's, it, you got the energy. You're driving there. You're with your friends. You get a drink. You start eating the steak. Every bite gets worse and worse. And then you feel horrible and you go home and you're like, why did I do that? I was just going to answer your question that it's not satisfying because... It's not something that satisfies your soul. This is, this is not what your soul really wants. So it's a fleeting satisfaction, not deep. Well, what is the only true satisfaction is the question. We learned it in the first class of Kabbalah 1. What did we say in the first class of Kabbalah 1? We're supposed to pause and do what? Remember, remember the illusion is that you're missing something. Mm-hmm. That is the tikkun's job to always make you believe you're missing something. What do you think you're missing right now? That's the question. Who would like to share? What do you think you're missing? We all feel like we're missing something. Clarity, a relationship, financial freedom, an extra shedding an extra 10 pounds. You look at yourself and you're like, you know what? If I could just lose a little, I could lose 10 pounds. You feel like you're missing something. If you leave your house feeling that you're missing something, you're already done. Tikkun wins the whole day. If you walk out of your house with the belief that you need to go get something, that you need to make something, you need to earn something, you need to achieve something, you need to get a relationship, you need to get something that you don't have, already finished. Already The lack is controlling. Already the tikkun is in control the whole day. In fact, you have no free will anymore. Because the tikkun is going to control everything you do, everything you say, just to fill the lack. So what do we do? What's the answer? Yes. Beautiful. So any kind of verbal prayer or mantra where... You have to remind yourself that I'm already with the Creator. I already have the Creator. I already have everything I need. By the way, if you're dating, there's nothing worse than going out on a date with lack. The person can smell that you need something. And what what is charisma? What is attraction? What are people attracted to? People are attracted to the light. That's it. People just want the light. That's why people are attracted to beautiful things, rich people, powerful people, celebrities, because all of the, because who's the greatest celebrity? Who's the greatest celebrity? Do you know? 
Kim Kardashian. You know who has the most followers on Instagram? God has the most followers. God is the most famous in the whole world. Everybody knows God. Even atheists know God. They just choose not to believe in him. But everybody knows God. God has the most followers. He's the most famous. And this is why, this is why we like famous people because it's like a fraction of God. So we get excited when we see somebody famous. You want to take a photo. You want to, you want to associate yourself with them. Or a rich person. Very wealthy. Imagine you meet a very wealthy person. Powerful person. You, you, you're more inclined to want to associate yourself with them because the creator is very rich. The creator controls everything in this world. So, or a politician. Or a president. Or a king. Or you, imagine you got an opportunity to meet the pope. You're going to take it. But the Pope, the Pope manages, okay, a couple billion people. But the Creator? The whole universe. So we like the Pope, or we like kings and presidents, we feel, we feel in awe because it's a fraction of the Creator. Now imagine before you leave your house, you can be with the Creator. As if like you were with all the celebrities. That's the power of what we're talking about here with Kabbalah. That's what we're trying to achieve, this consciousness. You don't need anybody. You don't even need a relationship. You don't need Kabbalah. You don't need me. You don't need this. You don't really need anything. What do you think? What are you thinking, guys? What's going through your head? Now what? Already the tikkun is coming. Now what? So I'm in the mindset and I'm thinking the way you're thinking. Okay. Yeah. And I'm thinking the way you're thinking, like everything will come, let it be. Just... What do you mean everything will come? I'm, you're saying that like if you have the mindset of positivity and let go and be patient and all these things and not react, right? No, no, I didn't say that. Because you're com- still... That's you, the comment you, not, it, it, It's better than whatever we had before, but <laughs> it will come is already reacting. I understand what you're saying. So okay. there's a certain mindset that you have of not needing anything because you already have everything. But then, then, then it's like you're not actively... I get what you're saying. It's like I, I want to go, go make money and I make money and then it doesn't feel good, right? We know that. So, so let's just say you, you don't do anything. Okay. But then what? Like, then I, what, I don't right? understand. Like, you know, this, this, is, this, is, this is, it's interesting now to watch the tikkun start to get angry. Because, not, not you're angry. angry. I'm not saying you're angry. No, no. I'm a little angry. I'm like. Well, that's what I'm saying. Because what's happening now to the ego, right? The ego, tikkun, it's kind of the same thing. What's happening to the ego? The ego is like, okay, so what? Now, all right, you have everything. What? We're not going to do anything anymore? We're just going to die? Yeah, that's how yeah, I feel. Yeah, it just feels like death. Now I'm not excited about anything. This is stupid. Like, why? Why? Exactly. That's the ego. Because the ego now sees you're about, to, you're about to kill it, so it's fighting back. Because the whole goal, how do you live? You have to die before you die. You have to choose to die in order to live. Anyone who's holding on to life is dying. Anyone who lets go of life is living. For example... Even Olympic athletes or someone who's running a marathon, at some point you feel like you're dying. You have to surrender at that moment and then something 
you access some kind of life. Right. It's a whole new level like comes. The but, yeah, but the, and the Navy SEALs, the same thing. They say yeah. even when you feel, they, they explain this in BUDS when they're training Navy SEALs, they say even when you feel like you're done, you reach your capacity, you're going to die, the Navy SEALs have explained scientifically you're only at 40% of your capacity. Yeah, I've heard that. You heard this? So that means there's another 60%. Where, where is that 60%? And why is my ego not telling me about the 60%? Because the ego wants to control all of us and say, wait one second. If you say you have everything, then you're not going to have motivation. You're not going to get out of bed. You're going to be useless. You're going to have no identity. And this is not going to work. But what's going to happen the minute you, we stop working from a place of lack? What's going to happen when we stop working from lack? It's very interesting. What's going to happen? What is going to happen? That's true. Are we just going to die? We're just going to sit in bed depressed? All right, I have everything. I guess I'll just sit here all day. What is going to happen? Now we can go out into the world and we actually choose to go out into the world. Because we're not choosing now. We're not choosing to go out. We're being forced to go out by our tikkun who wants to survive. Our fear of abandonment, maybe, if that's your tikkun, is so strong, it's telling you, go out there, look good, make money, make friends, so that nobody leaves you. So, you go to Equinox, you go to, to your job, you wear nice clothes, all, so the fear of abandonment gets what it wants. So who's in control? The light's not part of the equation. When does the light actually come into our life? Only when there's darkness. Because you know what's powerful about darkness? What's powerful about working so hard and then, then you get crushed, you fail, you're rejected, you lose something. What happens to us? If you notice, life is kind of like this. Just drew a little. You work, 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 work. You achieve. And then there's this down part that everyone experiences. We have no inspiration, no energy. We feel like, what's the point? It's like, what's the point consciousness? What's the point? This is where you reveal the most light. Because the whole what's the point phase of our life is the light of the creator pulling away all the addiction, all the energy that we were using for our tikkun. When you fail at something, your tikkun is dying. And that's why it's so painful, because our tikkun is our identity. We don't know anything different. But when you are going through rejection and failure, and then you embrace it, and you remind yourself it's an illusion and you have everything, now you're God. Now you access a whole new consciousness. And the light will come through you and guide you and show you miracles. But Satan knows how this works. So Satan is very strong on this downward slope. Satan is very strong. He makes you feel sad and depressed during the downward slope. And what does he do? He makes you chase instant gratification during the downward slope. Makes you change instant gratification. Chase instant gratification on the downward slope. We have to be strong. It's a war against our tikkun every day. And if we are able to overcome the war, 
It's, it's a whole new world opens up. Because what's the world we're living in now? Oh, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. You know, it's like half the room is trying to find someone to marry. Half the room is trying to get out of their marriage. <laughs> it's always like this. It's like everyone's like, do you know someone? You have a good guy for me? You have a good woman for me? And then like the, uh, the other one is like just, it's like, it's, it's, it's nonstop. Everyone's just trying to like, like change their dynamic. Because once you get there, you're like, wait a minute. That's not what I wanted. That's not going to work. That's not working for me. A little bit more of this and a little bit more of that. And a little bit more Botox and a little bit more of this. A little bit more of It's never enough. Because who's, your soul's not in control anymore. All right. My, but, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I no, have the mic, but I didn't please. want to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One more question. Can you give me an example of before you felt this revelation yourself of what, what you used to be and how you are now? Me personally? Yeah. Mm. So in, tw- in 24 years, it's interesting. I, I, if I had to, I can't think about it right now, but if I had to go through all the different points in my life, they were always kind of like, like, like this, amazing, and then a, cra- a crash, or what it seemed like a crash, and then amazing, and it seemed like a crash. Um, probably so many different times, but one of the one of the things I remember most was uh, ten years ten years ago. I was in New York City, and um, I had just gotten married, and I, you know I had, I had no money. I was broke. I, I, I work for a nonprofit. I don't get paid for what I do, so I didn't have any money, and she didn't have any money, so we just didn't have any money, and. I had to figure out how to make money. And I remember for like one year, like we weren't paying rent. Like it was crazy. It was like a really difficult time. And then I thought to myself, then I had this thought. Satan came to me and said, it's interesting. You help everyone else for 10 years. Everyone else can make money, but you can't make money. Like what does that show? What does that say about you? And I remember literally for like one year feeling on this it was like a year and a half feeling on this slope and having like pity and victim consciousness about it. And then I was, uh, I was in my morning prayers one day, and then it clicked for me. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not applying what I'm teaching. And so I said to myself, from this moment on, I'm going to be happy as if I'm a billionaire. So I said. And I started to walk around the streets of New York City, and I started to believe that I owned all the real estate. So I said, this is my building, this is my building. I literally walked like... I, I, I almost like I was delusional. Everything I did was with the delusion that I already am all those things. I remember that. And I remember at the time, Mary Ruth saw, she, she always reminds me of the day she saw me go from sadness to happiness without any reason. And it was seven days later that we, we started uh, our brand that we have today. Seven days after that. So, but that's, that's the interesting thing. Once I made the decision to be delusional, now the light could come in and give me ideas about what to do. You're not going out there in the world and saying like, okay, I'm going to wake up and try to find the light and be connected to like the creator. You're going out there and being delusional. Yeah. But then that doesn't that... I think everyone else is delusional. I think everyone else chasing, I don't know what, that's delusion to me. I, see, here's the thing. I want to go out into the world with, without lack 
And I want my consciousness to remove that lack. I don't want physical things to remove my lack. I want my consciousness to remove the lack so that when I see you, I don't take from you. Because if I have lack, when I see you, I'm going to take from you. I'm going to take something from you. That's always how it is. You will take if you have lack. That's why you cannot leave your house with lack. You cannot go out on a date with lack. You cannot get married from a place of lack. You should never. The lack is the problem. All the wars in the world are coming from lack. I feel I don't have something, so I'm going to war with you to take it. If everybody felt that they had what, what, what they wanted, no one's going to war. Right? So part of my delusion, by the way, was, it wasn't a delusion. It was knowing that the creator is there. I'm the one blocking it with my sadness. The creator is there. The idea for wealth is there. Everything is already there. Your soulmate is there. Everything is there. The vessel isn't ready. The vessel still has a consciousness of disaffinity of form. And so the light can't come in. But the light's been there since the time of creation. The light has never changed. Yeah. So I don't know if this is a Kabbalah one question, but the seven days that you talked about. The seven days? Yeah. You oh, said yeah. That, and then the seven days, right? Yeah. Seven days of creation. Is this not a Kabbalah one question? If it's not, just let me know. But I'm curious, during those seven days, what happened for you? Like, how did your vessel expand in those seven days? Like, was it prayer? Like, you know, was there a particular technique? It well, just well, couldn't help one, one thing that happened was the pain had gotten so intense that you have two choices. Either die, literally like die. Like, what are you going to do? The pain is so intense. Or choose to live. Like, choose to, to, to unconditionally be with the light. And what, what the interesting thing that happens is when you finally choose to have good consciousness is it does, the miracle doesn't come right away. You get tests to see if you really believe in this consciousness. So I told myself, I don't care what happens or doesn't happen, I'm successful or not, this is my consciousness the rest of my life. End of story. Because what happens is if Satan sees that you are willing to give up your consciousness, he'll just keep bothering you. You have to show Satan there's nothing he can do to disturb your consciousness. Then, he, then the miracle happens. Because you're choosing unconditionally to be the light. Whether the result comes or not. That was the thing. I told myself, I'm going to be this way, and even if I stay broke the rest of my life, I'm fine with it. That was, that was the decision. I remember it clearly, and it was so freeing. It was unbelievable. It was like, I felt so high, I almost didn't even want to be successful anymore because I thought it would disturb it. Because you're, you're already, when you have nothing to lose, you feel amazing. Believe that I already have it. All day long, I'm just telling myself, let's say I'm going to a meeting, a business meeting to negotiate something. I'm walking to the meeting already saying that I have it. I don't, I don't even understand why I'm negotiating. Like, why am I even going there? But obviously, I need to go because of bread of shame. The whole idea, I need to earn things, so I need to like physically walk there and you know, have this conversation. But I already have it. Whether he gives it to me or not, it doesn't matter. What, yeah, you understand? Like Whether this person gives me money or not, makes no difference to me because I already have the money. So it's just that he might have the privilege that it comes through him. He has the pri you have the privilege to be a channel of money to come to me. But you understand? It's a great question. Yes, please. What's the line between that and like entitlement? Like is entitlement actually a positive thing to you? 
Explain. I'm, enti- I'm entitled to everything I deserve versus someone who like has an arrogance to them. Like, what's the what's the boundary between those two things for for better or for worse? It's a great of- it's a great question. Everybody heard the question about entitlement. So you need to inside of you be the most entitled person in the world. Inside. Inside, you have to believe that you deserve everything because the creator wants to give you everything. Outside, you have to be very humble. The problem is, it's always the other way around. Internally, people feel like crap, and externally, they feel very entitled. (laughs) Internally, we feel like we don't deserve anything, and externally, we are like trying to brag and get people like to give us stuff. So we need to flip it. On the outside, very humble, prosper in silence. Don't don't be all don't be all don't make a lot of noise. Inside, there should be a fire that's burning inside of you that the whole world is yours. And why? Why should the whole world be yours? Because not because I need the world. The creator wants to be revealed. And we are the only ones that can reveal the creator. We're doing a favor to the creator to reveal the world. When I drink this tea, I'm doing it for the creator. I'm not doing it for myself. This tea is going to go unrevealed unless I drink it. The light that is in this tea is going to not be revealed unless a vessel enjoys the tea with the right consciousness. And this is the whole idea of blessing food. The Bible talks about blessings for food. Blessing food doesn't bless food. It's not blessing God. A blessing, when it's said in the right way, what it does is it's activating the consciousness of the light that's in the food. So I'm revealing the light that's in the food. This is not because I'm hungry or thirsty. This is because I'm here to reveal this or reveal that. Even the chair you're sitting on. Why are you sitting on this chair? This chair comes from the mineral kingdom, right? Mineral, vegetable, animal, human. And there is a soul in this chair that you're sitting on that's stuck in the mineral kingdom. And you know how that soul is going to reincarnate into the vegetable kingdom or the animal kingdom or the human kingdom, which is what it needs to do? By you sitting on it and enjoying it. So you should have consciousness when you're sitting on the chair. You sit in the chair and your consciousness should be, chair, I am now revealing you by enjoying, I'm allowing you to serve me. And now the chair can elevate so the soul that's in the chair can elevate to a, new, to a new world. Does that make sense? Is that a little too much? Did, did we go off the deep end there? Do, do animals have souls? Okay, fine. That was a little bit easier then. Your dog has a soul? Okay. Do you know what your dog wants, to, wants more than anything? Not to be a dog. Because the animals don't have free will. They want to become a human in, because only the human can connect with the light. But that dog... The soul is trapped in the dog for some reason that that soul in a past life didn't do the right work. So what does this dog need to do in this life? Serve you, bring you joy, bring you happiness. When the dog dies, the dog soul elevates and becomes human king, in the human kingdom. How do I know that? <laughs> how do I know any of this stuff? How do I know there's the light? You know... The, 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 the one thing I always say is, like, when you hear it, does it feel like the truth to you? That's where you have to start from. And maybe you say, no, I don't believe dogs have souls or plants have souls. And, uh, but 
Everything has energy, right? These plants have energy. When you eat, you have energy. So there's spiritual energy and there's physical energy. And this is something that's very powerful. There's certain foods that you can eat, and if you don't eat with the right consciousness, you're taking on the soul, the tikkun of the soul that's in the, the steak. So you start to get angry and upset because you're actually absorbing animal tikkun. That's why, like, there's these tribes, they eat, like, raw like the raw organs and the blood and it, before they go out to war. Because what happens is they're absorbing the... When you, um, you're not supposed to have the blood of an animal, but when you do, you transfer their soul into yours and it brings out the animalistic nature in a person. Spiritually, it's not good to eat the blood. So, but there are tribes that know this and they do this because it brings out their animal side in them. They know that it does that. Kabbalah explains why. Yes. Let me get you a mic. There you go. So how would you deal with if you feel connected and you feel entitled deep inside and you feel connected to the light and then fear starts kicking or doubts and things like that? Fear and doubt come in, right? Yes. So how do you handle that? Like you have a good day or a week or a month and then boom. So that's a good sign. When the fear comes in, that's a great sign. It means you're on the right track. As soon as the fear comes in, the fear is actually a vessel for more light. The worry and the doubts, when they come, it's a good sign. It means that you're on the right track, and you have to apply to the fears and the doubt the same technology. What fear? I already have everything. I'm willing to die. I don't care. You never react to the fear. Never react to the worry. You live in the present moment. You do not go to the past or the future. Very few people even know who they are in the future moment. Most of us, our mind, I'm sorry, in the present moment, uh, most of us, our mind is constantly somewhere else. We're thinking about other people. What are they thinking of me? What are they, what, what's going on? When will I have this? What am I doing tomorrow? What am I doing tonight? What's going, like, it's, uh, no, very few people are present. The light is right here. I try very hard. If I, like I'm on a phone, I was on a phone call today. I was walking in the street, and I was just meditating on, I was drinking a coffee. I was talking on the phone. I was walking. And I just kept telling myself, I'm drinking a coffee. I'm on the phone, and I'm walking. I'm drinking a coffee. I'm on the phone, and I'm walking. Because I'm trying to train my brain to be with the coffee, be with the person, and be with my feet. But what's happening? Usually we're on the phone. We're thinking about something else over here. We're, we're scrolling at the same time. We're it's like we're nowhere but the future and the past. So before we continue, what, 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 did, you, what did you learn from this? What did you learn here? We'll do one more question. Then we'll do. No, you don't have to apologize. Um, I have a, this is something actually we talked about on the way here. I used to you mean you guys? I'm so sorry, Sarah and I. Okay. Yeah, all of us on the way here. Um, I I used to have a tremendous amount of anxiety and fear, and then the last few months, a couple of my fears came became my reality. Yeah. And then as soon as I faced them, it everything went away. Like instead of, oh my God, why is this happening to me? I can't believe it. I manifested this. I didn't feel any of those thoughts or emotions. Beautiful. It, it was just like, it's here and I'm okay. Um, and now ever since then, I, I just, 
I don't have any, I don't have a teardrop of anxiety with, for anything. Beautiful. Like my business, when am I going to get married? Like nothing seems to really bother me. Um, but it's to the point where it's what we're saying, where it's like, oh my God, where is it? I'm waiting for it. It's like, I don't have it anymore. You so don't have what? Anxiety. It's almost like you miss it. It, yeah, it's like, when is it going to come back? I'm looking for I'm, uh, cause, it. Because we're so addicted to yes, the anxiety. Yes. And, and is that, I guess, my Beautiful. question is, am I... Am I you am, just said something no, so powerful. Okay. Think, about, think about what she just said. Everybody heard what she said? It's like, wait a minute. I feel happy. Where's my anxiety? <laughs> Do, sorry, one more question. Does that, does that mean that I'm... Closer to the light? 100%. Okay. You downloaded a new soul, and that new soul is like a new vessel for light. Right? So this, we, have, we have 125 levels to our soul in this lifetime. So every time you overcome something, you, you draw like another aspect of that soul. And then you have your full soul inside of you, and then you're fully with the light. So every time you overcome something, you receive a new soul, and that new soul has new light. That new light gives you new wisdom, new relationships, new everything. So you're actually on a new destiny now. Every single per every person in your life is going to be different. Every man you're going to meet is going to be a new quality. A new quality, like a higher quality man. Maybe this is not the track, the destiny of a soulmate yet. Maybe you need one or two more elevations before the soulmate track is there. But everything now is of a higher quality. Even the food tastes better. Everything is going to be more enjoyable. The air is more enjoyable. The weather is more Your friends are more enjoyable. Your friends didn't change. Your, your consciousness changed. And so you are now able to access the light in everything that's happening. Technically, technically, you should be able to drink that tea and feel every pleasure in the world. Not just the pleasure of tea. Technically. You should be able to drink tea and feel every pleasure, love, wisdom, wealth, power, just in the tea. Is all of that light in the tea? Sure. But we're, our consciousness has been so limited by society and our tikkun. Our consciousness, our tikkun says, no, tea just, you get a little bit of tea. A little bit, just feel a little bit good. And if you really want love or success, you got to do these hundred other things. Technically, it's all right there. Technically, the doorknob, if you op touch the doorknob, all the light's there too. You should be able to touch the doorknob and receive all the pleasure in the world. Is that going off the deep end too a little bit? <laughs> Technically, all of what I just said is true. And I know you feel in your heart it's true. It doesn't sound like a lie. The Kabbalists used to put sugar in their hand and taste it in their mouth. They were able to connect everything as one. If we live reactively, we live in a fragmented world. So yes, the sugar in the hand can't, can't be tasted in the mouth. All right, let's do this real quick. What's the most powerful takeaway? Just share in your groups. Most powerful takeaway you just got from this 40 minute of rambling I just did, okay? <laughs> I got a new powerful concept for us. All right, so let's go for a tool, a new tool. <clears throat> so, what have we learned so far? Kabbalah 1, class 1, we learned pause and, you know, pause, accept the situation. Remind yourself you have everything. There's no lack. The light is already within you. 
we learned about tikkun, and one of the ways that we can understand our tikkun is by asking, why is this situation in my movie? Everything that is happening that upsets me is happening for a reason. As long as we are upset, it means that the Creator is sending us the situation to activate something we need to change, if we get upset. If we don't get upset, so it doesn't really mean anything. But as soon as we are triggered, up, tikkun, something inside of me. But even then, it's kind of hard. All right, what's my tikkun? What do I do? When you pause your reactive behavior, you already start to starve the tikkun. That's what's interesting. So one version of reactive behavior could be anxious thoughts. Thoughts about what's going to happen, what's going to happen, what, is this going to work out? Up, oh, pause. I already have everything. It's all fine. I don't even need to think about the future. Already, you access the light from the pause, but then your tikkun's like, hey, 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 what's going on here? We're, I, I'm, I'm trying to give you all these thoughts so that you go out there and you, you feed me with reactive behavior. What's going on? So you start to smoke out the tikkun as well. Smoking it out. Suffocating it. But even then, we need another. We need more tools. So in Kabbalah 1, Kabbalah 2, Kabbalah 3, we're going to keep learning tools. This is probably the most powerful one you're going to learn, and then we're going to learn branches of this tool. Satan has done a great job of distorting the value of this tool. Distorting the value of this tool. In general, when people are in pain, they reach out to the Creator in a form of what's called prayer. Pray to the Creator. How are most people praying to the Creator? Usually, people are uncomfortable. They don't like their situation. They're upset for whatever reason. So they're praying that the Creator will change. Creator, listen. I'm not, this is not working out for me. You made a mistake. I need you to change this dynamic. Creator, I need you to figure this out because this is not working. That's usually what prayer is. Think, even a thief who doesn't believe in God, when he's running from the police, he's praying. He's praying to God, please, please. I'm uncomfortable right now. The police are coming. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> the whole thing is uncomfortable. When it's uncomfortable, you don't pray for the discomfort to go away. You pray for more discomfort. The opposite. It's always the opposite. Reactive behavior. How do you stop reactive behavior? You go the opposite. You go the opposite. You double click. Pain? Give me more pain. I love this pain. Pain is an illusion anyways. Give me pain. So you want to say something? Okay, yes. I woke up this morning with like a raging headache. I don't get headaches. Raging headache. And I said, oh, I don't want this. I don't want a headache. And I said, this came from the creator. I love this headache. I want more headache. More headache. And guess what I got? More headache. <laughs> but the point was, now I control the headache. I'm in, I'm in control of the headache. Not the headache's in control of me. The whole day I was like, I love this headache. I love it. I love you. I love you so much. Don't leave. You came, you came because the Creator sent you, so you must, you must be amazing. Like, 
What is the true technology of prayer? Let me first jump to the slide of the definition of prayer. Prayer is a desire and request from deep within you that builds an internal vessel to hold the light of the creed. Prayer is a vessel-building mechanism. We need vessels to hold light. So, technically, you can pray and you should pray for everything. No problem. There's no problem to pray for everything you want. Pray for physical things, pray for spiritual things, no problem. However, what makes the prayer work is this slide. Prayer to help me know I have no lack. I have the light right now. I don't need the past or the future. Part two of prayer. Now that I know I have everything, I request everything the Creator wants me to have. It's very powerful right here. So the goal, your spiritual goal, is to pray all day long. Everywhere you go, you should be praying. Creator, just talk out loud. Creator, I have no lack. Creator, I want you to be with me. Creator, please help me. Please help me change. Creator, give me certainty. Creator, creator, I love this headache, and I don't want the headache. Both. I In fact, I have no headache. Headache is great. I have no headache. And, but I also know the creator doesn't want me to have a headache. The creator doesn't want me to be in pain. So I say, creator, you don't want, you don't want the pain. You don't want your children to have pain. You take it away. It's not that I don't want it. He doesn't want it. I'm happy with it. I love it. No problem. Creator, I know you don't want it. Like imagine your child comes to you and says, dad, listen, uh, I, let me think of a good analogy here. Child saying, I don't know, all these rules, I don't mind it. I will live by all your rules. I just feel like some of these rules that you may, you may not like putting all, like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a good analogy, it's not coming to me. But it's something where like the child is accepting something that he doesn't like, but he's pointing out to the father that it's more in his interest to change it. I, I remember in those seven days that I told you about, I remember one of the things I told the creator, I said, creator, guess what? If I'm broke, it's making you look bad. <laughs> I used to say that to the creator all the time. I said, I said, who wants to listen to a broke Kabbalah teacher? <laughs> Imagine, if I was broke, you'd be like, what's this guy? This guy know about anything. And I used to say that about everything. I'm like, you gotta give me, you gotta give me a soulmate. You gotta give, you gotta give it to me because I, I represent you. You look bad. I don't care. I'll be broke. I love being broke. I accepted it. Yes. But you don't want me to have a headache. It's it's simultaneous. So it's called mati velomati. It's a deep Kabbalistic concept that you have to be in two opposite places at the same time. You have to believe you're the greatest person in the world and the worst person in the world at the same time. When it comes... Yeah. 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 It, it, again, the, this is a concept 
that you are hearing now and you're like, oh, that's interesting. But this will have meaning in a couple of years. Like you will take this course again. And when you hear this again, after you've gone through so much more transformation, it's like the deepest concept is this concept right here. We're only absorbing it on a surface level right now because our consciousness cannot accept how deep this actually is. The fact that I already have everything and I want everything, how can those two coexist? It's very deep consciousness. And they, they do coexist. They are as one. But notice that part one has to come before part two. Otherwise, you're praying from lack. Part two is more about creator. I want to reveal you. I'm okay. I'm okay being single. I'm okay being ugly. I'm okay being broke. I'm okay. I'm okay. Why am I okay with that? Because you made me that way, and I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm okay. Now, all that being said, I know you're not okay with this. <laughs> Notice how now it is receiving for the sake of sharing. It's not receiving for myself anymore. You know what? what I, I, I'm trying to always think of a good business analogy because I think it's nice to relate it in different ways. What's a great, who's a great employee? I, I have this one employee. He's a great employee. And I notice he uses Kabbalistic technology on me all the time. I come up with a crazy idea. Every hour I come up with a crazy idea. And he has to listen to it. And he says to me, he says, David, you know what? I will do anything you say. You know me. I will fall on the sword for you. I will do every crazy idea, even if it's the worst idea. I will do it. I accept it right now. That being said, I think this might not be in the best interest of your company. No, okay. As opposed to him saying, this is a bad idea. What did he first do? And by the way, wouldn't you want your employee to first do that? To first say, listen, I will do whatever you say. I'm 100% aligned with you. I accept whatever the situation is. That being said, may I offer a solution I think is better for you? What do you think of that? Would you want your employee to talk to you that way? Or do you want your employee to just disagree with you, talk crap behind your back in the Slack channel to their friends, to other employees? Can you believe what David said? Another stupid idea. <laughs> That's what we're doing behind the back of the creator. Like creator, this stupid creator already keeping me single. We're talking crap about the creator everywhere we go. Subconsciously, we're talking crap. The goal is pray all day. Pray everywhere you go. Pray, 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 pray. Creator, I have everything. Creator, I love you. Creator, help me feel you. Help me understand you. Sometimes I just pray to the creator. I say, I want to understand deeper. I want to understand more. Explain to me the secrets of life. I want to know the secrets. Don't you want to know the secrets? Don't you want to know, don't you want to know the secrets of what's going on in this world? The deeper, mystical. Don't you want to see the angels? Don't you want to see the energy in the room? Instead of just like, we wake up, we get, we get, a, we get a latte, we're like walking around Los Angeles or in Santa Monica, we look at the beach, we say how oh, pretty, we take a picture of the sunset, we post on Instagram, we call it a day. Don't you want to go deep? Like, create a reveal to me the secrets of everything. Don't reveal to me the secrets of the human soul. Like, help me understand people. Help me have prophecy. 
give me prophecy, give me divine inspiration. Who here wouldn't want divine inspiration? Literally, information coming to you about every single person you meet. Imagine you see a person, and right away you know what their pain is, what they're going through, what they need to work on. And do you know how you get that? You ask for it. You just say, Creator, I want this power. And if you keep asking for it, you will be a psychic. You'll be psychic. Again, not because I need it for my self-esteem issues. Creator, I don't need to be a psychic, but I want to be, I want to be like you. And you are psychic. I want to be like you. So you're coming from a place of wholeness, not lack. Questions. Does anybody want to be workshopped? Does anybody have a situation they're going through in their life and you would like us to dissect it? You were brave enough to share. All right, sir. Here you go. I usually don't like to talk, but you know what? We're going to do it. Um, I have been in a Say, what, what sign are you? What sign? Astrological sign. Oh, I'm, I'm a Leo. You're a Leo? Okay. Yeah. You're 32? I'm 32. Great. How'd you know that? She told me. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's very, very cool. Okay. Um, so I've been in a relationship for two years, and um, I You're ha- in it now? We just broke up mm. a week ago. Mm. And um, I have this... I'm, my business is going great. I started my own business a year ago. What and do you do? I own a Pilates studio, and in that aspect of my life, I feel like I'm doing amazing with my friends. It's never been better, Um, but I just lack in relationships, Mm. and I feel like I'm trying to figure out what it is. I feel like I'm causing the problems in the relationship, Mm. and I am lacking something in these relationships, so I'm, I guess, trying to, like... I don't even know what I'm trying to say right now, but like I, this okay. whole entire week has been like a crazy journey for me to try to figure out what I'm lacking in life, how I can fix things. And I noticed that just pausing and like enjoying the like, and saying like, what a pleasure that this is happening to me again, that this is- Again, I'm, meaning another meaning, relationship that's ended. Yes. Why, um, why did it end? Because, well, that's, it's, it's pretty deep. Like, it goes back to, like, you know, the beginning of our relationship that I feel like I get into these relationships and I'm not truly myself in the beginning because I just want to be accepted for who I, for, I want to be loved. So I kind of, like, put off being honest with myself. Mm. And then I get... How many people here can relate to something like this? Wow. Keep going. Um, I just figured this out today, by the way. It's been a process, but I'm still trying to kind of process everything and understand it. But I think that I get into these relationships. I am not true to myself because I just want to be loved. Mm. And then some time goes by. I'm like, oh, I got him. Okay. Mm. And I don't even realize, by the way, that I'm doing this until now. And then once you get him, what happens? Then once I get him, I'm like, okay, now I can kind of like be like, this is kind of what I want from the relationship because now I know he loves me Mm. and he cares about me and now I can be more true to myself in the relationship. But then all of a sudden he's like, whoa, this isn't the the girl I met. Like this isn't, this doesn't align with what I wanted. So you're basically auditioning in the beginning to kind of get the job and you, you, you hook him. He's connected, and then you actually start being yourself, and then he's like, what just happened? Yeah. 
Yeah, but I'm not a bad person. I think I'm awesome. <laughs> but it's just. So what is it about the, the, the real you that he didn't, that he was? It's me. I, I fear because of my childhood and because of my parents' divorce and because of, you know, certain situations in my life, I fear that I'm not going to be accepted by him and his family and maybe I don't have to, what I want what I want someone to offer me, maybe I can't offer them with my family. Mm. So it's like, I'm looking... So there's a lot of lack that's just controlling and dictating everything you do. Exactly. The lack of not having stable parents or stable family or stable lineage. The lack of, you know, maybe a, a male, strong male figure in your life. All these, all these different lacks are kind of just controlling the show of the relationship. Yeah, and I think it's driven by fear. And what's the fear? The fear is not being loved and not being accepted, I think. And what happens if, 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 if no man will ever accept you or love you? What's going to happen? Um, I'm going to be okay, but I don't think that's going to happen. Are you? Or you just be alone forever? Well, I, I'll, I don't think I'm going to be alone forever. Why not? Because I think I'm learning through this journey. I think that this is all meant to happen. Well, so of I course you're not going to be alone, but I have correct. a question. Let's just, let's just visualize you being alone. Okay. What does that look like? What does that look like for the next 50 years? You become 80 and you're alone. You're older. You have nobody around you. You have no children. That'd be really sad. <laughs> that would be sad, right? Yeah. That would be sad. You know, it's interesting. If you could visualize yourself 80 and alone and happy, you will heal all of it. Because you have to, you have to, we have to accept every scenario. You know, the Kabbalists say that you should visualize your funeral. It's interesting. Why, it sounds so morbid. Like, why would you visualize your funeral? Because you, if you can accept death, you can accept life. We're so busy trying not to die that that's what's causing us to die. We're so busy trying to be in a relationship that we're not becoming into a relationship. So if I could visualize myself 80 and happy, single, not having any love, children, or anything, and I can be okay with that, and if that's what the creator wants, I can be okay with that, then you can be okay with everything. And then you, you, will, you will be coming from a very powerful place when you're with men now. And I think just the revelation you had this week alone has already shifted you to a new destiny. Thank you. It's because of Kabbalah. <laughs> I swear. I've been applying everything you've taught me, and I like that's the reason why I'm okay with the breakup. And like, I know that if it's meant to be, it will be, but I'm not going to live in this fear of, like, what if he doesn't want me back? What if he this? What if he you yeah. know, doesn't want to ever talk to me again? I'm not good enough. Like, I'm not living in that mm. fear. And I, mm. every time I do feel lack, I'm like... Give it to me. Yes. I want more. I literally more hear lack. you in my head. I'm like, give me more. Give me more. Yes. And yes. then I'm like, I'm enjoying this. Like, yes. I'm growing from this. Relax into the lack. Enjoy the lack. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. You should have like, get all your friends together and just go have lack. I said, achesh, give me more lack. You have a lack party. <laughs> Be like, we're going to go and just feel lack. Like proactively feel the lack. Huh? Pot lack. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you one thing that I told Orly when she came up to me. 
you know, at the end of the day, just, you know, I was just telling her, like, I've never, I've never dated in my life. I've never done anything. Like, I never, you just be with the light. The rest is going to work out. You don't even have to think about what he thinks and is he going to come back. Doesn't even, like, just be the light. The men will circle you like planets around the sun. Just be the light. Don't even have to think about, don't do God's job. God already will choose who. You don't do God's job. You do your job. Let God do his job. If you step into God's role, then God leaves. What's God's role? Figuring out who is my partner. Do they like me? How do I get them to like me? The creator will make the man like you, not you make the man like you. So just be with the light. So like you wake up every morning, you just say, how can I just be with the light? How can I act like the light? How can I share more, give more, overcome more, have more certainty, have more prayer, have more wisdom, have more secrets? Every time you're learning the secrets of Kabbalah deeper, you're getting more light and more light. Get the Zohar. Start, start going deeper into the Zohar. You break through negativity. Get deeper classes beyond just Kabbalah one. You get more. You're breaking negativity. That's what it's about. Just be with the light all day. Who cares about the men? Men will come to you. The right man will come to you. The creator will make sure the wrong men stay away and the right man comes. That's it. I have to say one more thing. I think you need to go through this darkness to get to that light, though. You need to go through this darkness. If I didn't go through this breakup, I wouldn't be where I'm at today, and I feel like I'm a whole new person than I was a week ago. 100%. And guess what? Most people, after a breakup, they take like six months to figure it out. You in one week have already gone to a higher level of consciousness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's good. Thank you. All right. I got one announcement for you. We have something really powerful. If you would like to join this Wednesday at 1 p.m., uh, all the senior teachers around the world, myself included, we are doing something we've never done before where for three hours... We are raising money for our scholarship foundation. And um, basically, we try to bring the wisdom of Kabbalah out to the world for people to ex have it be more accessible. There are people who have scholarships even in our current class, thanks to our generous donors. But we have this event. It's $72. It's for three hours, and you have all the senior teachers around the world sharing 10, 15, 20 minutes each, just the most powerful consciousness. And it's more geared towards what we are doing today in this world and how we're living our lives with this wisdom. So you can come for an hour of it. You can come for two hours. You can just sign up, get the recording, right? They can get the recording of it, right? But it's something really powerful. And I also suggest listening to different... These are all the global teachers we have. Each of them has a superpower, so good at what they do. And it's just another way to access deeper wisdom and knowledge. So scan the QR code, put it in your calendar. It's this Wednesday at 1 to 4 p.m. And it's all going to a good cause, raising money for charity to help the Scholarship Foundation for people all around the world. Um, you guys are free to go. Thank you so much, and I will see you next week. Thank you. <laughs>